Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking, Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome back, longtime listeners. Welcome back, Sketch. <laughs> a little little rusty well welcome back shades welcome back sketch i'm so glad to be here uh guys every time you join us you join us in a, a different corner of the geeking out multiverse shades where do we have the old goko parked this time around well fortunately it was already a fucking mess before we popped in but goko nothing to do with this nothing to do with this one goko is uh set up uh, in what's left of the the offices of the Daily Sentinel, uh, just mm-hmm. just a you know a mid level, rough and tumble, black and white rag, letting you know what's black, happening in the black and white rag. Yeah. I've never heard of it. A newspaper, newspaper, black, yeah, no, black I, and white yeah, rag. I, I get it. I, I like it. I uh, like it. Letting you know what's happening in the rough and tumble streets of the seedy parts of L.A. I wish. We still use newspapers more. Um, so I, I too, use sketch. the black and black and white rag more often in my in my everyday speech. Um, we used it a, a bit in, in the old uh, Egyptology. Yeah, I imagine. Not usually for reading, but uh, but I digress. The old black and white <laughs> rag got me uh, got me thinking of the uh, the age of yesteryear, I suppose, which is fitting. Yes, which is fitting. Because this... if we are in the Daily Ooh. Sentinel talking about the old black and white rag, that must mean we are talking about Green, the green Hornet. Hornet. Uh, I'm going to guess specifically the, what, what was it, 2010, 2011? 2011, 2011 Seth Rogen. Written and, and uh, starred in vehicle. Um, vi- oh, vehicle. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, that was a good, good, good Clearly job. the best uh, part of the movie. Yeah, by far, and guys. Um, we'll get there. We're gonna get there. You, 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 we're getting there. Uh, so, if we're talking green, wow, what a what a what a property to come back, <laughs> come back with green. I mean, the everyone was clamoring. Oh my goodness! Get to Green Hornet. They said, um, "Why haven't you done Green Hornet yet?" We, we every week. Tales. Uh, so anyway, if if we're talking Green Hornet, um, do we have a theme song this week? I believe we do sketch. And then just keeps going. Yeah, forever. It just it just keeps going. I um there was a a very short-lived um like TV land commercial where they like sang the lost lyrics and it was something about like he's the green hornet something something he drives the black beauty something something i don't know but they were just like made up lyrics that always sticks in my head i like you know i I just looked it up before we recorded just to you know hear the theme song the the movie itself doesn't have a very distinguishable soundtrack um yeah 
So I looked up the 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 television series uh, opening theme song, <laughs> and I I really liked that with the trumpet because right? it really emulates the the buzzing of a hornet. It so, does. Uh, I'm I'm adding a rave. There's a rave for you guys. The, the 1966 Green Hornet television series theme there song. There you go. Good good on them with that with that horn. <laughs> the old black and white rag. <laughs> The old black and white <laughs> ragtime. There we go. So, guys, uh, if we're talking Green Hornet, we are mainly uh, going to be, of course, spoiling the 2011 movie. But spoilers for the 1930s serialized recordings, 1940s serialized movies, possibly comics, possibly upcoming projects. Whoa. Hmm. Spoilers. Whoa. Spoilers. Spoilers for spoilers, spoilers, I guess. Oh, it's another car pun. Spoilers. <laughs> it's the one thing the Black Beauty didn't have. Yeah, it is the it is literally the one thing. The one the, thing. The one thing. Um, and nunchucks. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> uh, so practical. Uh, so, uh, well, why not? I, I mean, usually, you know, I ask you shades. I say, what's, you know, what's your history with, with Green Hornet? I'm going to do mine. Okay. If you don't mind first, sure. Because it'll, it'll be quick. Sure. I recently watched this movie. <laughs> and that was it. I, I mean, I remember when the movie came out in, uh, in 2011. It, it wasn't one that, like, uh, brought me in. I, I, as far as Seth Rogen goes, I, I'm, you know, I got nothing against the guy, but his movies don't typically speak to me. So, right when a, when a new Seth Rogen uh, project comes out, I'm not like, oh, Meh. yeah, get into it. Um, you know, it, it, I, I kind of see a Seth Rogen movie kind of just like by happenstance, like I'm somewhere where it's playing. Right, go out of my way. A Seth Rogen um, movie to, is to you is like a 1980s action movie to me. It's on TV in the background while yeah. something else is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, and and I knew when it came out that it was it was based on an older something. Yeah, I, I didn't know the details behind it, which I'm sure I'm about to find out. And what else? And it, it wasn't. I, I believe there was like some sort of buzz that this was. This was like kind of exciting that it was it was more of like an independent offering of a superhero as opposed to uh, what we were getting from the big studios. Sure. An independent picture produced by Sony Columbia. Well, you know sure. what I mean? Like it was it was uh, it wasn't not Marvel part of Marvel or, or, DC. Or, or the DC yeah. canon. So it was like, oh, look, there are other there are other stories out there kind of a thing. This is this is um, getting way ahead. I don't want to talk too much about it, but people will find it uh, kind of hard to wrap their head around that the superhero genre had peaked by 2009. Mm -hmm. Like that was the era of Dark Knight, X-Men, super like that. The first wave of mm -hmm. of like the Marvel Fox Marvel, Blade, Sam Raimi Spider-Man's and and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, Superman Returns. People were already kind of like atrophied. Iron Man had come out mm -hmm. from from Marvel Studios. So this was mm -hmm. this was a weird time cuz people had already kind of 
kind of had it with superhero movies. Yeah. 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 Before um, Disney kind of uh, did what does Disney does. Right. And just re reinvigorated the, the genre mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with their 22 movie mu- universe. Most of which I've seen. Most of which <laughs> you've seen all of which you've ranked. Yes. Um, and uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a questionable state of limbo right now. But this is not the Marvel episode. It's not. Uh, no. We have plenty of those for you to listen to. Uh, this is the Green more episode. More episodes than you can shoot a gas gun at. Yes. We'll get there on the gas <laughs> gun. I have questions about the gas gun. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Shades, your history with uh, the Green Hornet. Okay. Um, I've... I've always been intrigued by these. It, it's interesting. They're they're now like B and C tier heroes, but green like Green Hornet. Some of them predate Batman. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always been intrigued by by like the Shadow, the Phantom, the Spirit, Green Hornet, be, because they were they were Batman before there was Batman, mm-hmm. and and he has kind of dominated the genre and, and become the most recognizable, but green Hornet in particular is, has always been interesting to me because he was Batman before Batman. So he had like the secret identity, the, Mm -hmm. the cave, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, the car, the gadgets, um, billionaire. I don't know if he was a billionaire at the time, but, but like a wealthy socialite, the sidekick. Mm-hmm. There are clear elements in which Bob Kane, Bill Finger pulled. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, the iconography. Batman is kind of like a mashup of Green Hornet and the Shadow, mm-hmm. um, if you will. So I've, I've always been intrigued by the Green Hornet. And uh, I was. I was gifted um, some serialized audio recordings of the Shadow and the Green Hornet uh, on cassette tape when I was younger. Um, and really enjoyed those. And also a, a DVD of serialized uh, movies. And, and the, the Green Hornet had two uh, in the early 40s. Um, and wow, that's cool. It is. And just you know if if you were to look at those serials and and you know place a vegas bet on which one of these characters was going to go the distance mm-hmm. batman or the or the green hornet I, I mean solid solid money on the green hornet and just the way the iconography of the character with the the fedora the mask the trench coat the black beauty um the gas gun it's a lot easier to translate the Green Hornet to film serialized, um, serialized uh, motion picture in the '40s than Batman. Batman looked goofy right up until 1966, when Adam West takes on the role. That was really the first time the bat suit didn't look goofy, and I realize that statement probably seems counterintuitive because. 66 Batman is so slapstick and and bombastic but yeah. but, but it, it fit with the time it did and Adam West in the costume like he really went out of his way to muscle up muscle up for that era very mm-hmm. lean and trim the, the the suit held up the 
the belt, the car, it all, that was the first time it looked like it could be durable and not just like a guy wearing uh, a bed sheet with circles cut out over yeah, it. Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The bat, thank you. The bat suit always looked ridiculous until 66. Um, mm-hmm. The technology just wasn't there to make it look good. Um, and of course, I saw the 66 Green Hornet TV series in syndication alongside um, 66 Batman. Um, and of those two, I would say I, I enjoyed Green Hornet more. It was a much darker, much more serious show than 66 Batman. Um, and they did a crossover episode in the second season of Batman. And it's interesting wow. because at the end of the episode, Batman doesn't know if the Green Hornet is a hero or an anti-hero or a villain. And, yeah. and they leave it ambiguous. Which for, you know, after school programming in, or Saturday morning or Friday night, whenever the hell it aired, I can't remember at this point, um, programming for kids is bold for the time. Sure. So I've always I, uh, been aware of, of the character. I appreciate that about him. Me too. And, and I appreciated that they, that they carried that over in, in this. Kind of, maybe. Um, uh, to a lesser extent. I saw this in theaters. I was excited for it at the time. Um, and I have thoughts about that. So yeah, I was, I was know, pretty yeah. well versed yeah, yeah. with this, this character and this, this uh, universe, mm-hmm. if you will. Green Hornet. Let me ask you a question. Um, did he in these in all this uh, original uh, original source material? Did he get his name, the Green Hornet, the same way? Did he name himself the Green Hornet? Yes. Yeah. Because of uh, spoilers, his father's murder. I I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I'd have to go back. It's been a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, it's a weak in this movie. It's really weak. It's weak. It's the, really weak. It it reminded me of that scene in Family Guy where they're making fun of that horrible old scene where like got to make up a name on the spot, so you're just looking around you, right, to see like oh yeah, Peter Griffin. Griffin. Um, that's literally what he did in this movie. Yes. Oh, green. Well, I mean. Oh, no. I don't want to ask. Oh, he said green B. I don't, green B. Yeah. I don't want to ask. You know, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're going to get there. Um, yeah. And I already gave my history. This is normally when I give my history, but I jumped you're, the gun on this. You did. Because, because all the, I wanted you to know, long term listener, I wanted you to know ahead of time that I was learning with you. None of that. I didn't know any of that other than a vague understanding that it something existed right before this movie. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a, there was an old Testament to this movie's new Testament, if you will. <laughs> so, like I, I vaguely got that. That is being so generous. Yeah. Um, so uh, what about history of this movie in particular? Okay. So uh, this movie sketches, I, I, one of the things I have enjoyed other than getting to geek out with you mm-hmm. is learning the histories of oh, sure. so many of these things. And, and green Hornet did not disappoint. We've, this is up there with like, um, lost in space and, mm. 
we did one recently where I can't remember which was it Independence Day. It might have been Independence Day, but it oh, was I feel it, like, was it Dragonheart? Oh, Dragonheart. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. This is right up there with Dragonheart or like, holy shit. But yeah, it, it takes a similar turn. OK, let's hear it. Uh, so green the Green Hornet. Hornet was created in 1936 by George W. Trendle and Frank Stryker with input from radio director James Jewell. Uh, those are great 1930s names, right? Like those are solid 30s names. It is. God, we're, we're almost at the hundred year mark. For the I know, right? Oh my god! I'm just hoping it's better than the hundred year mark for the twenties. Yeah, these are not the Roaring Twenties no. at all. Uh, it was created for the Green Hornet Radio Show at WXYZ Detroit, alongside the Lone Ranger. The concept was to uh, adapt it into. Uh, sorry, the concept was adapted into two movie serials in 1940 and 41, respectively. The vehicle most familiar to longtime listeners will be the TV series, which ran from 66 to 67, starring Van Williams as Green Hornet and Bruce Lee as Cato. Yeah, um, I didn't realize it was, I, I had no idea Bruce Lee was in any way uh, tied to this until I just watched that opening, that, that the, the opening theme. And I was like, oh shit. And he Cato was is Bruce Lee. He is like, he is like jazz moving across the screen in 60s. Bruce, and it's like so much of the show is just the way Bruce Lee moves. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just like watching him move is it, it's a cliche, but it is like poetry in motion. Um, so mm. the show would have been even even the production value of the show would have been even campier had it not been for what Bruce Lee could do with his body. Yeah, I could see that. And it's it's just amazing to go back and watch some of that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm legit interested too. Now that I saw that, I, literally, I literally minutes before we started recording, it holds up so much better than '66 Batman. Yeah, and I I, I really I really recommend that. Longtime listeners, if you've never seen the Green Hornet TV series, watch watch what you can find on YouTube. Watch what you can find streaming uh, wherever it may be streaming. Um, but back to the history. Unlike the campy Batman. Featuring Adam West, Green Hornet was done more seriously, crossing over with the Batman in episode uh, season two episodes, a piece of the action Batman's. I can't read my own own writing. Batman's. To be fair, you were drunk while writing. (laughs) It's entirely. No, I was tired Um, and vertigo ridden. We talked about that in a previous episode. Um, Piece of the action Batman's. Satire? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it. Satin? Batman Satin? Maybe. I can't read that second word. They're cast as anti-heroes. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2011. Uh, this movie was in various states of pre-production as early as 1992 at Universal. Wow. So Green Hornet is, is in in production or or in the creative processes at the same time as um, Lost in Space, Dragonheart, and Jurassic Park. And that's mind-boggling to think that it took until 2011 for this movie to come out. Yeah. Also, um, a piece of the action. Thank you. That's, that's exactly it. Thank you. 
of the action. A piece of the action. Yeah. Um, and Batman's satisfa- satire. Sa- satisfaction. Batman's oh, satisfaction is the other it. side of it. Got yeah. It. Um, uh, so, wow, that is that is a that is a shockingly long time. It gets more bananas. Okay. In 1993, George Clooney signed on to play uh, Green, uh, Green Hornet Britt Reed. Okay. He signed a pay for play contract, which means he gets paid either way. Oh. Like pay or play. Uh so he gets he gets paid regardless if the movie goes forward. That's what? bonkers. I feel like there was there was this era in in uh 90s Hollywood where George Clooney was untouchable. Yeah, and this is it. Like he would walk into a room. What was I don't even. What was George Clooney even like known for? ER. That was like that was it. And like soap operas. And then bat nipples. Bat nipples. Yeah. It ended the run. We'll get there. Um, but he dropped out to play Batman in 1995. But it, that's bonkers to me that George Clooney for two years yeah. is the Green Hornet without and he gets paid out without having to do anything. So so he still got paid even though he himself was like no I'm I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. What it that's the that's the American dream. It is. That's just demand a large sum of money for whether or not you work. It gets more bonkers. In okay. 1997, Mark Wahlberg and Jason Scott Lee are offered the title roles of Green Hornet and Kato. Hmm. Jason Scott Lee, not familiar. Who's Jason Scott Lee? Uh, what would I know him from? I need my keyboard. I moved it off screen. I know, I know, um, Marky Mark Wahlberg from, um, of course, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. I believe that is his coup de gras. If you will. Um, Jason Scott Lee played Bruce Lee in uh-huh. the 1993, uh, um, biopic. The dragon. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is kind of like meta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also like I feel bad for Jason Scott Lee that like, what am I what am I only ever gonna get offers for remakes of uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee's Lee things? things? Yes. I'm only ever gonna play Bruce Lee as so and so. Right. And what else might you have? He's in Mulan. He's in he's in the new Mulan. He's the in new back Mulan? Yeah. The live action. Yeah. Uh, oh, he played Mowgli in the Jungle Book movie in 1994. He was like the voice? No, he was the, the live action Jungle Book movie that they did in 1994. Disney did a live action Jungle Book in 1994. Didn't even know that. Didn't even know Oh, that. it's it's crazy. And uh, he's in Disney Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, excellent. I don't That's know who he plays out. in Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, Bruce Lee, I think. <laughs> he plays. Yikes. He plays a time traveling Bruce Lee. Uh, it's, 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 that's all they want them oh, for. Boy. Yes. Um, the movie okay, does so not go I'm, forward. So, uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Jason Scott Lee are in those roles t- until 2000. When? Now, did, did they get paid? They did not. Oh did my not. gosh. I Universal learned, learned lesson. its lesson. Yeah. Um, in 2004, Miramax acquired the rights from Universal and tapped Kevin Smith to write and direct. Okay. Kevin Smith approached Jake Gyllenhaal to star in the movie. Okay. Two years pass. In 2006, Kevin Smith's website says he is no longer affiliated with the project. 
And in 2007, Miramax tapped Stephen Cho to, mm-hmm. to direct and, and star as Kato. Stephen Cho, Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu oh, Hustle. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, and I yeah. love Stephen Cho. Yeah. We gotta we gotta do. I would love to. I would love to do. I would love to do Kung Fu Hustle. Well, a double feature. I, Upcoming I, double feature. I, I Kung Fu Hustle's on Netflix. Oh, perfect. I don't know about Shaolin Soccer. I don't know, but I think I have that DVD kicking around somewhere. Oh my goodness. I would I would do both of those. I would do a yeah, double feature. Yeah. I love those movies. Um, so Stephen Show is uh, directing, script consulting, but he's not. He doesn't get to write. He's directing and he's Cato, uh, and he's in that position from 2007 to 2009. Did they have he, a? Um, did they have a Brit lined up? Did the, this time around? Did they, they have? A, they uh, didn't. So, um, so it is in in this point in 2007 that Seth Rogen auditions for the lead and gets it. He got wow. the he not only got the gig, but afterwards he's tapped to write the script and produce. Um, and here's where things get dicey because Stephen Cho sees where this is going, and mm-hmm. he basically goes to mirror to um pr- production team and says, "Look, this is not the movie that I signed up to make. This isn't the vision I have." And yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen is certainly one of those guys that when he's attached, especially in a big way, there is a certain right. direction your movie's going in. Yeah. So he dropped out as director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the end of 2009, he also dr- drops out of the, the film entirely. Okay. Um, I love Stephen Cho, but I also think that um, he was probably too old to play Cato to mm-hmm. to Seth Rogen's Brit Reed at that time. Sure. I mean, all I know of their relationship is from this movie. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, Kato they're kind of like a young guy. Like, well, they, they seem, they seem like the same age, basically just a different. Exactly. Of life. Exactly. Exactly. And th- that's why I, th- I don't think it would have worked with. Yeah. With, um, with Steven Cho. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jay Jay Chow, I think, really, he stole the movie, in my opinion. Okay. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, let, let me ask you this, I because I'm not as I'm not as um well versed in Seth Rogen. Sure. As, as others, uh, where are we in Seth Rogen fame? Oh, that's in, a good this, question. This point, like, what is Seth Rogen? I think he's coming. I think he had already done, um. I think he had already done like his stoner phase that he's uh-huh. like typecast as. Yeah. Which to be fair, that is a lot of times when I think of Seth Rogen movies, that is what I'm thinking. Right. But that was a very short period of time in his, his filmography. So he had done, um, 40 year old virgin. Mm-hmm. He had done knocked up. He had done super bad and he had done step brothers and Pineapple Express by that point. And Zach and Mary. Step Brothers? Yeah, he's in he's the sporting goods manager in Step Step Brothers. But these are all small parts. Like Zach and yeah, Mary. Are, a lot of those are small parts. Zach and yeah, Mary was like his big. big his yeah. big thing. And yeah, yeah. um he had done all of those. And and Zach and Mary was kind of like when he kind of got into the production aspect of things. Yeah. So he had done all of his stuff. You know, he's also done like he was in Freaks and Geeks, he was on Dawson's Creek, he was in Anchorman. 
his voice is on American Dad. I mean, he's he's done like not stonery things. I mean, it, sure. that was a very small part of his early career. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's forever typecast that way. Mm -hmm. So, you Just know, like Jet, Jet Lee was that what his name? Jet, Jet. The guy who played Bruce Lee. Um, he was typecast as Jason Scottley. Jason Scottley. It was G. That's a L E E as opposed to L I. Yeah. Right. Hollywood, Hollywood didn't care. No, like, I can see how that would be confusing to you. But uh, principal photography began on September 2nd, 2009, and the movie premiered in, uh, in September of 2011. All right. So I'm sure there was some more. Oh, we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary. Oh, right. But I'm sure there was some oh, more behind the scenes chicanery and shenanigans because this yeah. is not a movie that should have taken two years from start of photography no. to release it no mm -mm. sketch how much do you think green hornet cost to make mm -hmm. not a big fan of this question very bad at money amounts all right 2011 it's uh it's larger budget but I wouldn't call it huge budget. Um, $90 million. That's not a bad guess, Sketch. Okay, $120 million. Hey! You're in the ballpark. You're I'm in the ball 30 ballpark. 30 million away. Yeah. Leave that. Yeah, I mean, right. you're in the ballpark at that point. Um, how much do you think how much do you think it costs? I'm sorry. How much do you think it made at the box office? How much did it make? I will say. I will say it was in the positive, but I will say not tremendously so. So we got 120 to make. I will I will go up. 50, I'll say 170, 170 million dollars. Too low sketch. Too low. Okay, good. Oh, good on them. Two hundred million dollars. Two hundred and twenty-seven point eight million. Oh, good on them. And it was deemed unsuccessful. Yeah, well, which boggles my mind. I guess because this is a post Iron Man world. So just yeah. comparatively, in two thousand eight, Iron Man cost a hundred and forty million, mm -hmm. and grossed five hundred and eighty. Five million. Okay, so you got to basically times five. To, yeah, uh, but here's so. the thing: when I look at Iron Man and I look at Green Hornet, where the mm -hmm. fuck did they spend that money? Yeah. What? Yeah. What did they spend it? I I think yeah. they spent it on the two Black Beauties. I I am I am rather <laughs> shocked to hear that it is so close in a budget to it, Iron it Man. Costs it costs 20 is, million dollars less than Iron Man. I, I would almost say shockingly shockingly close, but I, I'm only I'm going to say um unsettling unsettlingly right? close. Right. Uh, where where did that hundred million dollars go? It it didn't go to anything on the screen. And that's what I mean. Like when you look at these two movies, the most I, I mean the, the car Mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. gas gun mm -hmm. everything else is, is like a very I'm getting a 
getting what's his name edward james almost and getting him too and uh and christoph waltz yeah christoph waltz and and hopper's in it i had like yeah i seriously like yeah yeah, yeah. it's like this cast is yeah, I had like a ten-minute stretch in this movie when I'm like, "Oh shit, so and so's in this." Right? Oh shit, so and so's. It just it was a parade of that for like ten minutes in this movie. Right? Yeah, it was it was bonkers. It was yeah. cocoa bananas. Yeah, yeah, and Hopper ends up being rather large. I, very I large know, character. right? And I he was excellent. It, I, I the thought, whole cast was yeah, excellent. I thought I was going to watch it and be like, uh, "Oh, this is like where Hopper got his start as like this little throwaway character right. at a funeral." Nope. Nope. Yeah, so I am I am flummoxed. I am baffled. I am curious. I want to know where that hundred million dollars went. Yeah, because this is this feels like a movie shocking. that you could have done for like sixty million. Sure, it is. It does. Yes. Um, if if I had known, see, this is the see, this is this is the reverse situation when I take the shot in the dark budget. <laughs> guesses <laughs> and when i get like decently close to one uh because i'm just winging it uh and i'm decently close but it shouldn't have been right shouldn't have been that should much. not have been that close if, if you had told me iron man's first i would have i would have basically halved it if, wow if you had if you right had, uh, yeah i would that's what i would have guessed originally yeah um it, it's bonkers it is it is it is uh, are we up to all important internet? We scores? are up to all important internet scores. All right. IMDb gives Green Hornet 2011 five point eight. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes fan and critic score is basically dead even at a forty three and forty five respectively. Whoa. Whoa. Seventy eight percent of Google reviewers like this movie. That's a low Google. It's a very low Google. That's a low Google score. Usually, Google reviewers don't take the time to review something if they don't like it. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly what it feels like. If they don't have anything nice to say, they don't say anything at all. People felt very strongly about their dislike of this movie. Yeah, I I feel like (laughs) I'm not used to hearing a Google review like under like an 85. Right, 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 right. And I gave Green Hornet an 87. Okay. I gave it an Wait, 87. Are you the highest out of everything? I think I am, yes. Wow, that, guys, mark your calendar. So that's not happen often. Just by the score, I would watch, I would watch four Green Hornets to Civil War. There you go. I enjoyed this movie uh, the, more than Civil War. The old Civil War rating. Yeah, system. I would watch four, I would watch this movie four times before I ever watched Civil War again. Okay, there you go. Sketch. I, what'd, you, uh, what'd you give it? I gave this movie a a a, a, a gentleman's seventy five. Gave it a seventy five. Um, and, and I was thinking about that because I was thinking about all these scores that we've done at this point, and I was thinking, okay, something in 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 the nineties for me is like a uh, is like just one of my favorites. Like, oh my right. god, I see it on TV. I'm not stopping. I'm watching it. I'm popping in the DVD. I'm looking up on Netflix. Something in the eighties for me is something where I'm like, yeah, I, re- I, I, I did like that. I really liked it. Maybe not own it or go out of my way to get it. Anything in the seventies is like, yeah, I don't regret watching it. I had a good time. It was fun. Um, don't really necessarily think I need to watch it again. 
And then anything in the 60s is like, mm, I'm starting to question the time I put in on this. And then below that, you can fill in the rest. Like, you, you get where I'm going. So yeah, I'm definitely in the zone on this one of just like, yeah, I'm happy I saw it. Um, I did have fun. There's a lot of good things about it. I, I had some problems, uh, which we'll get to. See, for me, this is a, if, if there were still bargain bins at the supermarket, Oh yeah, and this movie's in there. I buy it. Yeah, yeah. This is like your yeah your two dollar DVD. Yeah, this is like two yeah. to five dollar DVD, and I oh sure all day. I will buy yeah. that all day. Yeah, no, that that's and again, and or you're if in I had 80s a, if I had a comic that's store, what I would do my eighties. Yeah, exactly. If I had a comic store where they had like used DVDs or Blu-rays, and this is on, the, I buy it. Like I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I it. could I could see you owning a comic store, and you have like one of those old tube TVs up in the corner, oh. and this is just playing. Like this is just playing. In yes, the on a loop. Yeah, like that. I yeah. could see that very clearly. Oh my god! Yeah, man. Yep. If if this ever ends, I'm gonna make that happen. Oh, the the yeah, the, the tube the TV yeah. up in the corner. Yeah, yeah. It, I, you know, it's an obtainable dream. It is these days to get a tube TV, you know, mounted in a corner of a unfurnished indoor shop, yep. and uh, have at it with your green hornets. I'm gonna do it. And your phantoms and and uh, everything else in that uh, oh in that genre. You know what the name of the store would be? What would it be? Be be heroes. Be heroes. Be heroes. But like, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And it's a nice little double. It's a little double on top of there. I like it. Be heroes. It's a message. It's telling you to go forth and be heroes. Right. But also at the same time, it's celebrating the B tier. The B tier. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I thank you. I think you should just quit everything else and just I'm gonna go all in up. on it can't, all in. this idea can't fail sketch it, it can't fail. fail the 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 2020 market is clamoring for this type of store I, the, right everyone i everyone i talked to was like you know what i need a a, a brick and mortar right specialty store but take that specialty store and zone it in even more special i'm gonna max out my credit cards i'm gonna cash yeah. in my iras i'm Highly going recommend. to borrow against my 401ks yeah yeah i am doing this be heroes yeah. coming to a coming, coming to an abandoned corner store in southern new england near you soon yeah southern new england near you yeah anywhere you are that's southern no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, if you're in Southern New England, it's near you because um, Southern New England. I'm excited because New England. This will be our uh, our first official sponsor. Yeah, it's gonna be Beat Heroes. Beat Heroes. Today's episode brought to you by Beat Heroes just, Grand Opening. I think you should just start doing plugs for <laughs> Beat Heroes, and then we'll get to the store eventually. <laughs> but for now, you know, let's strike while the market's hot. Sure. Kind of thing. Um. All right, let's get into some uh, oh to, into some rants and raves. Sure. For, Do you want to start with for, for, for raves being... or rants? Let's start with raves. Okay. Let's start with raves. The I rants will take me down some paths. Sure. And let's start. Let's start high. Start high. You want to go first? I don't have many. Why don't you go first? Okay. Sure. I love the aesthetic of this movie. There is mm -hmm. a look and a feel to this movie that just speaks to me and I can't even describe it. Um, and it's not directed by Joe Johnston, but there is a Joe Johnston-esque you feel. You, you love your movie. Joe Johnston. I do. You know, like I did not know I had a favorite director, but I do. This is, this was uh, directed by 
Mark Gondry, I think. Um, We've learned so much about ourselves through this podcast. We really have. That's a that is a true statement. Um, I I used to not know actors, and look at me like pulling out Edward James almost like out of thin air. Right? What the heck? What the heck? So proud of you, Sketch. I'm trying to find. I can't even. There it is. Okay. Uh, Directed by Michael Gondry. What else did he do? Interesting. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wow. The Science of Sleep. Be kind no. and oh, he did be kind and rewind with uh, Jack Black. Oh, okay. and Mos Def. I love that movie. Oh, we should do we should do be kind and rewind. Don't think I've seen that. It's basically um, the setup to. We basically just described it with B heroes. They open man. a video. They open a video store, but they can't get any VHS tapes. Oh, I remember hearing about so this. They, so they, they reenact. Everything. They reenact everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah there's. <sighs> No, no, this is this is in your wheelhouse. It is. I'm not um, ashamed to say it. I'm not ashamed to say I, it. I will I will not um I, I will not argue you on that one. It's not my wheelhouse of of uh, my aesthetic, but let me offer you these counter aesthetics. Just to just to give them a taste. See 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 how they feel to you. Sure. Okay. So instead of setting it in um modern day LA. I don't even I don't even care oh, um, the time. Yeah, I'm with you already. I like yeah. where this is going. I, I, I don't even care about the time frame where you place this in history, but when you said um that it was made in Detroit, I'm like, yeah, this is a Detroit motif. Yeah. Let's and, bring it back to Detroit. And Central City in in the comic world is and even in even in uh DC comics, Central City is a stand in for Detroit. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah. Green yeah, I say it's that's interesting that's they thing. set this in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the moment you said that in the history, everything clicked better for me. That like, oh, okay, I get where this story kind of came from. I feel like LA does seem a little out of place. Yeah, this I feel like Green Hornet is particularly is primed to be like a um 1930s depression era mm-hmm. story. Yeah, or you could set it in either the nineteen like fifties into sixties, or seventies into eighties, and it works. I feel like once you get into like the nineties and the twenty first century, it just doesn't. Technology has gotten to such a point now where like with um, GPS. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's too digital. It's, it's, here's here's yeah. what you do: you go you go up to the early '80s, and then you cut it off, and anything after that is an alternate reality steampunk esque world. Oh fuck yes! And then and then and now you got me some Green Hornet with the gas gun yes. and the vehicle, and oh yeah, I'm with you, Sketch. I like oh, what you're yeah. putting down. And uh, oh, Maybe I I will didn't do the next one. I I totally got sidetracked, but. There is, but in the history, oh, long-time listeners, I'm so sorry. We're, we're a little See, rusty. This isn't, this isn't rusty. history. This is future. This is future. Um, there is a reboot movie in the works at mm-hmm. Universal. They've reacquired the rights uh, titled The Green Hornet and Cato. And there's also, it. Sh- it's supposed to be dropping at the end of 2020. I don't know if it still is. There is a Kevin Smith animated show, The Green Hornet, coming soon. To what Netflix? What? 
goddamn streaming service is it going to be on? All right, Netflix. I can get behind and, that. And there's also uh, the totally unrelated, but Netflix is getting in on like um, animation not for children. They're doing a, a Jurassic World animated series too. No, that'll be that is too. that is like horror well, animation has potential. Be good. That's dropping um, soon. So Netflix is getting into the water on like um, scripted animation not for like children. Yeah, thank you, Netflix. We appreciate that. Let me now. I should probably clarify that this Universal one, the Green Hornet and Kato movie that's coming out, we don't know much about it, but we know that no matter what, George Clooney will be getting paid. Yes, he is not attached to this movie in any no, way. No, but he will get his. But he, he has. He already has made that agreement. He will get his eighteen dollars. Excellent. Uh, we're we're looking out for you, George. Yeah, yeah. Bat nips. That's what we call them around the, the go-go. Bat-nips. Good, good old bat nips. So I, I, there was, there was just a, a, something about the look and feel of this movie. And it was, it was like, it was, it was 2011 LA, but it was also like, it's also like, uh, to borrow on, on the Arrowverse, it was almost like Earth 2, where the night, yeah. where 2011 mm-hmm. LA is like somehow 1970s LA. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no. And 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 that was it wasn't a rant, but that was one of the things that was my my brain was having a difficult time. Yes. I'm like, these these two should be dead. They're up against like legit, yeah. legit yeah. dangers. Right. And um Cato, uh, sure, might be living, but like Brit it should be dead. so dead. So dead. So dead. So um, dead. Because there were there were these these instances of of like uh like real real danger yes and then there were other instances like the, the of junkyard like, scene where they yeah. like destroy the black beauty oh my god and that was oh. great i thought that was a great it um, was, yeah it was just a great bad guy ploy to get rid of a body like, right take notes guys that's I, how you do it i i don't i don't want to jump ahead here but look, christoph waltz's chudnovsky or or bloodnovsky oh yeah <laughs> he was legitimately terrifying i was From the so, moment was, he walked on screen i was so excited um, I, I, I don't know him in a lot of things, but the things I do know him, I've always enjoyed him on screen. I am a big fan. And so when, when I saw he was in this, it was another like, oh shit, he's in this too. <laughs> um, I was excited. Now I, I have some, some thoughts on that character, which I'll, I'll get into a little bit later. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I liked him and, and yeah, like this world was like really fucking dangerous. Yeah. And, and. I did. I did want Brit. He did get shot eventually, right. but it, it took a long time for him to get yeah. shot, and, and he should have been shot much earlier. He and and there should have been much more serious consequences of being shot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but that was a great workaround to like how to explain being shot. Right. I liked that. I, that was that was good. That was clever. <laughs> I liked that. Oh, we'll just shoot him in public. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. What can I say? What can I say? Well, I mean, I figure you're going to take this one, but I mean, my my first rave is that like the car is the undisputed star of this movie. It is. Black Beauty is is this is what you see the movie for. And it really it it scratched that itch of like the Bond car. Right. Meet, like the Batman Rider. Night Rider. And, yeah. yeah. Like all those things. Just like this kind of OP machine that. um yeah, the, the veil's been kind of pulled aside and you can see like what's gone into making it and, right. and you know why this exists in this world. And I got it. Like at, at the beginning, 
the movie did a good job of at the beginning when Kato's explaining how this car is like bulletproof check, and self-inflating tires beauty. and everything. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is very out of place. Why is right. this? This is one of those things that it's like this is 2011 LA. This seems very right. unusual, Un- unnecessary. And so then when things are revealed in the story much, much later in the movie, I'm like, okay, okay, that works. The math is checking out here. And I appreciate (laughs) that, like the movie, the movie showed the work, you know, like when when your old math teacher would say, show your work. Right. The movie did it. The movie showed the work. Why? How we got to this answer. I was very pleased to piggyback just a little. I was very pleased with the lengths that they went to, to. To justify the black beauty yeah, and, and what it could do and why it could do what it could do. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, it was the, a very believable hero. Card. Right. And, um, the, the, they built two of them. They, it's interesting. They always built two. build two in the forties. They built two in the sixties. They built two. And in the, the 2011 movie, they built two. The cars in the 11 movie are scratch build custom cars, but mm-hmm. based around a real vehicle, um, the Chrysler Imperial mm-hmm. um, and the 66 Green Hornet, they modified two cars, a driving car and a hero car that actually had to do all of the things that the car would do in the show. So like panels for rockets, Gatling gun, hip- hypnotic green light, uh, oil slick rockets. It had to have compartments and panels that would open. And that car is um, in a museum in Detroit. Um, the driving car, nobody knows what happened to, but, uh, and, and then they had it a... in Detroit. This, it, it, that, I agree, that yeah. car so fit Detroit. Um, but yeah, the, they built two cars for this movie, a driving car and a hero car that again, had to do all of the yeah. transformations that it needed yeah. to do for this movie. It was really, it was really cool. And it was really practical. I mean, like the car chase scenes and, and the, the fight scenes that took place around a car, even if they weren't, uh, you know your classic car chase everything car related was done well whoever was running that part of this movie like a plus you got it i love how the the um how did it work like the the doors unhinged like they were suicide doors and had gatling guns gatling guns in in the the door panel kato what are you what are you you doing kato we love it it's a genius just a mental level cappuccino yeah. making yeah kung yeah. fu no, that was that was great that was great I'm, everything about the car everything about the car high marks yeah from sketch um can i take another one yeah of course that I, one was mine oh, oh right yeah, yeah just piggyback yeah uh the cast the cast mm-hmm. uh from top to bottom um seth rogan and chow have great chemistry mm-hmm. um i was really it, it this movie is kind of set up as a buddy comedy kind of that's how it's put across in marketing and, and how it plays out for the most part. They have great chemistry. Um, Christoph Waltz is superb. He's terrifying. Uh, he's just menacing, but just wants to be a comic book villain. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, he plays it so well. Like, he doesn't understand the, the humor. Uh, he's already terrifying. He doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to hear him <laughs> blood nosky so ridiculous so fucking ridiculous i love it um but uh he's 
terrifying and hilarious. David Harbour, Edward James Almos, um, uh, James Wilkinson, who is uh, Carmine Falcone in uh, the Batman, the Dark Knight movies, Batman Dark Knight, Nolanverse. He pl- plays Cornwallis in The Patriot. Uh, he's like this wonderful British actor. Uh, who, who was he in this? He was Britt Reed's dad. Oh, he was Seth Rogen's dad. dad. He's the dad. Okay. Um, okay. He was he was fantastic. He was perfectly um, cold and standoffish, while at the same time inspiring and and like affectionate in his own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Cameron Diaz, uh, who seems like she's been playing the love interest girlfriend since like nineteen eighty seven. This was kind of a spin on that. It was another one. I was like, oh, shit, Cameron Diaz is and, in this. And, and then she I immediately was, was like, excellent. I haven't seen Cameron Diaz in a long time. Yeah, she, she doesn't act anymore. She's retired. She doesn't, uh, she's retired from acting. Good honor. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. And that, that was the, that was one of my, um, my, my listed raves as well was that people were really, um, well, they were delivering. And I, and I especially, I especially liked, um, Adama. You know, uh, yep, Edward James almost. I mean, he really grounded he that did. paper. He was like, he was just probably for me the most believable character in it. I liked Cameron Diaz. She was, she was bringing it all. Yeah, I liked that they didn't. Um, you know, at the heart of this movie, it's a movie about um, Brit and Cato. Yeah, and you know, they didn't really. We we, we didn't. We didn't go deep into anybody else, and I appreciated that. I I love that neither of them like got got the girl in the end. Yeah, that was yeah, and she she was a foil to them, but not of her own doing, right. of their own assumptions, their own like machismo for a little yeah. bit. But like it, it it wasn't at the end of the day like oh she ended up with this one or right. that one. It was yeah. It, it didn't pass the Bechdel test, but it was a, a turn on the classic like bombshell bond girl like rescue the damsel idea yeah. and i enjoyed oh, yeah. i enjoyed and she, appreciated that she wasn't um in any way you know that the the victim or right. or the damsel i mean the the danger the things that they're saving a lot of times were just cleaning up their own messes right um which i appreciated and like i said i appreciate the fact that at, at the core of this movie it really is just about the two of them well, um, I, I, and, by and the end of it, it's through. really about the three of them. I feel like, like combined, the three of them, Cameron Diaz, um, I can't remember her character's name, but Britt Cato and Cameron I Diaz. Remember it, had, it had like a, it has like a. She does all a, the research. She puts the whole thing together. Like the yeah. three of them really are the Green Hornet. Well, she was, she was, but she was unaware she was doing it all. They were, right. they were all, you're all using her for information. She's you the could Felicity definitely... in season one of Arrow. Yeah, you could definitely see that if this were to get a sequel, it would be like a trio yeah. that makes up the the, the Hornet. Um, she was a, what do they call it? An un, unwitting accomplice. accomplice. Yeah, yeah, that's unwitting it. Accomplice. That's what she was. And um, what? Who? Who? Oh, there was someone else. I thought maybe maybe I can't think of who else. Who else it was? Hopper did great though too. Like especially when he started getting more and more of a a part. Like at the end, and you and you saw that he was more involved. There, there's a great. I mean, there are a lot of great scenes, but particularly when when Britt goes to meet Harbor David Harbor, and and they yeah. do the reveal. And I mean, I can't even remember how it plays out, 
but um yeah, you know he he records him on the USB drive and he's like yep. he's like oh no I'm gonna stop you he's like you fucking idiot like I already I already did it like I, I did it 30 minutes ago before yep. we got here like you lose <laughs> I did and and that was the moment that I I appreciated kind of the most like it was well crafted that, that at that point was like that that was a good villain move yeah he didn't have to. He was he was monologuing a bit, but it's because he had already set up the hit. Right. And if it if it just weren't for the fact that the Green Hornet was, in fact, Brit. Right. Like he'd be dead. Exactly. And and it wasn't anything for him to get out of or he cleverly uses this and oh, he got away. Right. It was it just happened to be that. Oh, God, the one person, the, the literal one person I hired to kill this guy is, is the exact is, one person right. that I shouldn't have. <laughs> um yeah i appreciated that as, for his villain his villain plan uh that he had there no he yeah i mean he was definitely a villain he was in our mustache twirling comic book villain right but he was he was the driving force God, behind i love that i love that chudnovsky just wanted to be a mustache twirling villain because we'll, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there We'll get there. Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to piggyback because you you did really take one of mine about the cast, but um, you you touched upon the father and I really I really did appreciate what they did with the dad. OK, because like you kind of expect or or maybe we've been kind of conditioned to expect like one or one of two things when you see the father, like in the first scene and he's a dick to his son. Right. You kind of expect that either you're going to get like the story of oh this dad is um really a horrible person but he's got the public fooled like you know like the the, the city loves him and, right. and and he's he's a great man to them but when where it counts to his family he's a deadbeat you know whatever so the howard star so yeah like we're 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 super conditioned for that one or the you know the twist reveal that like oh, he's been the mastermind all along. Right. And he's actually the villain. Like, we're expecting those two at this point in these movies. But what this movie did, and I thought really well, was that, like, they let him be a complicated character yeah. who was, like, earnestly trying to do the right thing. And at one point, you know, you know, the, the DA had him by the hairs. And, yeah. and he, you know, he had to play the game and he had to compromise his morals. And, and that killed him that he had to do it, right. you know, like that, that, that crushed him. And so he, he became this, he started as like this trope that I was expecting. Like, I know exactly where this is going, right? but he, he ended up as like the most identifiable character in the movie of yeah. like someone who has a pretty strong set of morals and a, and a direction he wants to go in. And the world has just kind of found a way to screw him, but he's, when the opportunity arises, he finds a way to fight back. Right. And then the universe screws him again. And I, it was, again, I'll just say it was really well conceived that they set, like you said, they set up this character to be like very powerful, very well respected known, but in reality, he's just a cog. He's just, he's, he's just a a mid-level player in, in this larger, plot that's unfolding in in the city that he lives in and he's he's powerless to do anything Mm -hmm. uh except you know carve out a middle way for Mm -hmm. himself um that you 
as you said, is killing him. And I like that, you know, they kind of acknowledge both Brit and Cato both acknowledge that, like, you know, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, you can still be kind of a dick to people. Like, you don't have to be the, uh, like, going out of your way to be an asshole to people, but you can come across as a dick when you're still trying to do the right thing, like, if you're so hyper-focused on it and right. stuff like He was a messy, complicated, just real person. Yeah. Like a, like a real father. It was like Brit did have that moment of that that we all do growing up when you're just like, oh, my parents are real people. And they don't have their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciated that. Um, I appreciated that. Like, oh, you could have this guy who the city loved and he really did help the city and really wanted the best for the city, but also at times was kind of a dick and, uh, you know, put off his son when he probably shouldn't have. And and you know, yada yada. And not to mention, he's a widower, so right, you know yeah. his wife dies. And, and I like, I was ready to rail against the movie, like if they went that way, right? Where yeah, like, yeah. oh, my dad was never there for me. And it's like, well, we saw one instance where he was like a dick to you, and from what I'm getting from the movie, the death of your mother was rather recent. Like, right. He's grieving too. Right. Things aren't going to be perfect. Um, and they did it. They 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 got me on board by the end. They were like, oh, they they get this relationship between a father and a son. Cool. Yeah, I liked that. Good on you, Green Hornet. I got, and then he, was killed, then he was killed by a bee, but not a bee. I, I got, I'll combine my, my last two, if that's okay. Sure, of course. Um, I don't have any more. Okay, took my so I will, I will just wrap my two final points is that I thought this was so smart to do super small stakes. It was such a small movie. Yeah. And it was fun to see a character that is older than Batman feeling original. Mm-hmm. Um, because in 2011, this, this was a huge divergence from the movies we were getting in the superhero genre at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it felt different and new. And I like that the fate of the world was not in the balance. Oh, I love it. I think I think you and I both agree that the smaller the stakes, the better in these things. Higher personal stakes and yep. smaller global stakes. Um, they just make better stories. They do. They they honestly do. And l- listen, I I uh, I really did like Endgame. I I will still stand by that. But because it built up to like not everything gets twenty two movies before right. it can get such <laughs> giant stakes. When you're in a single movie like this or or a single season of a TV like the stakes do not need to be right fate of the monument cuz then cuz then what are you going to how are you going to how do you come back from that go how do you anywhere top it? from there yeah how, what do you what do you do in phase 4 Yeah exactly <laughs> where do you go Oh wait that was, I'm sorry that was a direct quote from Marvel yeah. right now that was a that was a direct quote You you go um, to you 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 top your your you top Thanos with a mm-hmm. B-level, lesser-known, kind of the same character. Yeah. Um, you know, I really think one of my, my biggest problems with this movie that I didn't even kind of acknowledge that, that it was a problem, but you... This happens all the time. When you talk, I, I, I recognize a lot of problems. <laughs> That's just <laughs> the relationship. Um, no, but you, you, again, again, this Detroit thing. I think if we had just said it in Detroit, it would a have lot worked of my, so much better. Yeah, yeah, I really felt almost like I was, I was watching like, you know, like one of those old 
3D movies where like one of your lenses is a little askew and you're like seeing two images superimposed on each other. Sure. And they're they're showing the same thing, but they're not just slightly out together. Of and sequence. I think I think L.A. did that to me. I think L.A. kind of took me out of the world because everything else felt this. This this they had this age to it. Yeah, it, it felt very much like the Rocketeer did to kind of hearken yes. back to an, an older era. And and, uh, and I think that's then, why they set it in L.A., but I don't think they achieved it. I think you're absolutely right that if they had set this in Detroit, yeah, it would have worked so much better. Yeah. And come on, and there's Detroit a, needs a movie. Like, give it, give it Detroit a movie. LA has plenty. And I'm not sure where this the setup takes place, but there's a movie that came out in the, the early to mid-1990s. It stars Damon Wayans and um, David Allen Greer called Blank Man. Blank Man? Yes. Yeah. And there is something... This movie felt a lot like Blank Man to me. And, and that was kind of like a dystopian rundown city. I, it might have been Detroit. I can't remember. I'm, while, while we're talking, I'm going to do a search in the background to see where Blank Man took place. I love okay. that you knew what I was talking about. Because whenever oh, I yeah, bring Blank up Man. Blank Man, nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. No, I don't think I ever saw it in its entirety, but I remember for a for a long stretch it was airing on Comedy Central a lot. So I own it on VHS Chumps. somewhere. Okay, uh, it takes place brag. in Chicago, and I think what a I think brag. I think this could have worked in Chicago too. Yeah, yeah, give me like a northern industrial yep. city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I think that I mean I think that brings us kind of yeah we're kind of already, already a little bit we're like dipping our toe in the into the ranks. Can I go? Can I go first? Yeah, sure. Just because my my last one was like, oh, it's super small and it feels original. Yeah. Okay. My first rant. This movie is all kinds of pointless. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know we're not at big questions, but my question is, if Brit did absolutely nothing. Would it have would it have been any would it have played out any different? Oh, and that's a big problem I had with it too. Like is that the, that Brit on it? This could this is Cato's movie, and the, right. like Brit brought nothing to the table, right? And it's the the world is arguably no better and no worse if he did nothing. Yeah, no, it's 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 as it was. Yeah, it is as it was at the beginning. I mean, I guess even though there's. There's no like clear scene of this. I mean, it's to be understood that he's funding this and he has given the 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 vaguest push of of motivation to Cato of like, <laughs> let's be let's be like vigilantes, be I vigilantes. guess. And Cato like takes it and runs with it, but right. everything is Cato. Right. Every like and I love that Cato is like the martial artist and the mechanic and the driver. Oh, I love the, the way they did his. I know we're raving, ranting right now, but I love the way they set up his like bullet time slow motion. Yeah, I got that a big was, question about that later, but that but uh, well yes. done. Um, I really Here's where did, that hundred like, million went. Yeah, must have gone there. <laughs> I, did, I really do like almost. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to. I like almost everything about Cato. Yeah, not everything about Cato. Almost, almost everything about Cato. Okay. What's your but first? I mean, well, well, that that would will make that my first. Brand. Okay, they and and it harkens to your pointlessness thing. Cato is so op, right? So yes. he's so overpowered. And then I feel like they just toss in a scene where they re they realize like, oh, you know what? 
he's really overpowered. We need to ground him into humanity. So they make him not able to swim, right? Fine. Okay, he can't <laughs> swim. Now now do something with that. Right. I, I kept expecting that to come in at the end of the movie. We're right. like, oh, okay, like at this point, Brit is going to have to like save him or do something water-based or I don't know what. Nope. No. Why? Nope. why? It's, it's, well, that's why it's a brand. It's like unforgivable to me to right. like set that up and then don't do anything with it. Right. It really felt like an afterthought, like shit, this people are going to wonder why Brit is involved in this. In a podcast in 10 years, right. they're going to be talking about this <laughs> and, and they're like, well, he can't swim. Let's make that a thing. Right. So that bothered me. I, bothered I agree. Me. I agree. And yep. I would say it's just laziness. It is laziness because I also with the life that Cato has, he never learned to swim. Like he was like growing up on the streets and stuff. Like he, I feel like that's a survival skill that at some point, with everything else he had done, at some point he was going to be in water. Well, I'll I'll piggyback off of this because I made a note here. One of my rants is that the the pacing of this movie there oh, is no, super fast, yeah. pointless dialogue. And then super slow action sequences. Mm -hmm. And your point about why would you put this thing in where Kato can't swim if you're not going to do anything with it. And then there are just like scenes where Seth Rogen has given himself this like nonsensical, hyper, like almost screaming dialogue Mm -hmm. that is inconsequential to the movie. Mm You, you you could have cut any and all of that and the movie probably is disaffected. Mm-hmm. But one scene where you hearken back to Kato can't swim, like that that's Kato's kryptonite and that's the yeah. one thing that Brit can do that Kato can't. Right. We needed that one thing. And that's just that. and I that's yeah. 100% on Seth Rogen not not being able to pass the ball. Yeah. Cuz he's the writer. Yeah. Pass the ball, Seth Rogen. And I will say that's probably the thing that turns me off the most about a Seth Rogen movie. Mm. And this, like, as you're pointing these things, like, that hyper accentuates it for me. Like, he's not a... And and he seems to be a gracious human being, but he doesn't seem to be a gracious actor. Like, I would never want to be opposite Seth Rogen in a scene. No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I would totally hang out with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't want to be opposite. Fact, ladies and gentlemen, phoning in now to the GoCo, Seth Rogen. Uh, we're, uh, I think wait we a lost him. Wait, uh, wait, I think I, I, we had crossed the time circuit and spatial displacement array and uh, go for Seth Rogen. This is this is embarrassing. He was oh, bringing boy. me my sequest uh, blueprint, too. Oh, I, I remember. God, I feel I lost terrible about this sketch. Um, well, we're going to we're going to see if we can get Seth back, guys. This is um see this is why we do the podcast because what you're doing right now is you're you're leading me right into another one of mine which and and I think it speaks to exactly what you're talking about um a little bit different though in, in that there there were like there were a couple areas in this movie that had such blaring like just mistakes like amateurish like edited mistakes in the movie that just <laughs> it li- they literally ripped me out of the experience hit me hit me with like, hit me with your best okay one. i got three i got three of them okay. gonna, these are the three ones that bothered me the most 
from I'll least to most. see if they're most. the same as mine. Least to most. Okay. So, so one of them was just the, the forced in 80 yard, like one liners <laughs> yes. that were just like, oh, we have a car pulling into a parking lot. Let's have Seth Rogen do a do one liner. Like, it's, you know, right. Ugh, no, just bad no, ADR over, yeah. uh, over like B footage. Yes, exactly. The, uh, the second most amateurish thing that drove me nuts. And I'm going to do it for you. Uh, cause you, cause you can see me, but whenever someone's driving and they're doing the improv driving thing, right. But you're watching behind them that nothing's going on. It makes no, for great no audio going on. Yeah. I'm doing the, you know, the improv like ship's wheel kind of back right. And forth. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone's doing that. Like we're watching a live show like at home and we're imagining the scenery right. behind them, but it wasn't matching with the actual scenery that we were getting. So right. it drove me fucking bananas. But the one that, that literally made me go, wait, this is un forgivable this you cannot do this is that there's a point in the movie where um all of the journalists are are talking about all these things that the green hornet is doing and like why he's getting all this fame and notoriety and then uh one of the one of them talks about how the green hornet has has taken out shot out a a, a traffic camera and you're like oh okay great um Two scenes later, that happens. Right. So it was edited out of order. Out of order. Yes. They didn't even they... put the in there. <laughs> so when that happens in the movie, I went, "Wait, we but we've already this already happened." Did this? Wait, we did, didn't even see this happen live. We, it was reported on as happening. So it, you will remember sketch. Yeah. In Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. there is a moment. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, when they're explaining the rules of time travel, that yeah, when yeah, you yeah. mess with time, time messes yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. This is a consequence of Avengers Endgame time oh, travel, Cap not what doing what he was supposed to do. And so, and this, so there you have it. There you have it. That, oh, because that one, I don't even know what happened after that scene immediately because <laughs> I was like, wait, red. I was what like, the f- it, it is like immediately you, after. You, yeah. How can you put this out there? How did this had to go through people first? You would think to be like, wait a minute. I think we put this in the wrong order. They were they were all uh, hanging out with Seth while they were editing the movie. I guess so. I guess. So those things just came off to me as like really amateurish. It is, which is fine if that's like the tone of your movie. But this the tone of this movie was was not that. It was supposed to be kind of kind of kind of dark, kind of serious. Yeah, and and you know, like consequence uh, laden. Yeah, and and not like, eh, we're trying our best. We'll get there. What did the dad say? The dad said something like, uh, "Doesn't matter how many times you try, if you always fail, or something like that." Right. It's like, come on, movie guys. The, that could have been L- the tagline for this movie. Yeah. Um, I have one last rant. Do you have any rants left? Yeah, I, I got, I got two. Why don't you take one more then? Well, they're like, well, see, this one, this one, um, this one is is a is a disagreement with you. Oh, okay. One, one thing that I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't jump in on when you were um, raving when you're talking about it. Yeah, um, I don't like the direction that uh, the bad guy went in. That that Christoph Waltz went went. I I oh, it was I ridiculous. Was, I was so excited at the beginning. I was like, this guy's going to be awesome. And if this is the counter to like the goofy Seth Rogen, right. like Green Hornet, I love this. And then as he started to kind of dip into this, this like, oh, he's, he 
he's getting obsessed with like how he seems and if he's scary and stuff like that. It got to the point where I was like, you know, crystal clear at the beginning of the movie was right. You're, you're kind of out of the game now. You're, you're too, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you're, you're not of this world anymore, but I guess he did fit like the, he did fit like the same level of green Hornet. Like they rose together. I guess I wanted them to be completely juxtaposed. I wanted it to be, I wanted him to just be like, this is all crazy. I'm just going to kill you. Right. Bad guy. Chudnovsky starts the movie. He's just like, kind of, he's, it was not, it's borderline as to whether it's a rant or a big question for me. Mm-hmm. He starts the movie having already won. Yeah. He had already gained control of all of LA's mm-hmm. crime. That's yeah. where he starts. Yeah, he, he had the DA in his pocket. He, he was, yeah. He was, what he was, was his dream. end game? He to honestly just, to just, just save his reputation at the cost of his empire? That's what it felt like. It felt like that and that like... It makes um, his whole... I didn't even write this down, but it makes his whole character and the fact that he had already conquered the underworld totally unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's it. And, and it's like, I wanted that first guy. Yeah. I want that. That's that's the guy I wanted. That's the guy I believe in this movie. James Franco or Dave Franco. No, but but I mean like the first the uh, the 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 um what's his name the uh, Waltz's character Chudnovsky before he becomes Chud- Bloodnovsky Chudnovsky like <laughs> that's the character I want to see the guy who took control right. of LA yeah, yeah, yeah. and like has it in a firm grasp and then but just loses it because some whack job in you know is like stealing his thunder right I I would believe more that that Chudnovsky would be like good let the police focus on this guy this amateur who's out there doing anything and i'll just stay in the the shadows shadows and do it yeah exactly that's the guy i believe but then he's like well i wanna right i want a cool name scary yeah and like he proved in the first scene that he's scary because he he kills all the all the bodyguards he kills he he blows up a club full of innocent people Yeah, and the guy is like shitting himself right. as he should be. As he leaves, like he's, was it he's, Dave or James? He's afraid. Which Franco I don't know, was? But it? it was a Franco because it looked. I, I was like, that's a Franco. Um, and 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 he even like acknowledges at the beginning that he's got this gun that is just ridiculous. Yes, this double, this <laughs> two barrel. It's not even a double barrel gun. It's like it's it's like two Nerf it's guns strapped two, together. It's two like made to look like Glock forty five strapped together. Yeah. And um and it's and it angles it opens right. up at, to like a thirty five degree angle so he can like <laughs> shoot things and he acknowledges the fact that it's ridiculous but it gets the job done and like that's the that's the guy I wanted like mm, it doesn't matter what I look like I get the job done but then he turned into well it kind of matters what I look like I guess and how people see me it is James Franco there you go James Franco I thought it I thought because doesn't he work with Seth Rogen a lot yes James he does. Franco? well both yeah. Francos work with him a lot. Oh, do they? But it is, it is, in fact, a young James Franco. All right. There you go. Crystal Clear. Loved that, too. Good yeah. name. Crystal Clear. Yep. Because he sells crystal meth, and right. his name is something clear. So Crystal Clear. Crystal Clear. All his shit is glass. I was like, this. I like this guy. I mean, right. I wouldn't, I, he's not a good guy. He's but he's well, well-crafted. Well-crafted. Yeah, he's the reason why. Much he's better like than Bloodnovsky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What? Crystal clear. I I get it. I like it. It's it's quick. Go for it. 
Um, my final rant sketch yeah. has to do with the marketing of this movie. Sure. Um, because I remember in 2011 just being like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, because I had some history with this character. Um, the superhero genre had peaked in 2008. We'd, we've already talked about this. Um, Sony did nothing, absolutely nothing to hype this movie. Was it a buddy comedy? Was it a spoof or a send up? No one knew, least of all Sony, who were who was also at the same time marketing a, a better known green character, Green Lantern. Hmm. Also came out in 2011, also a Sony movie. Um, I forgot about that. And Green Arrow will debut in 2012 but is being marketed at this time. So like green, everything is happening in 2011. He's the least known of these three. The, the marketing is just so haphazard. Um, and, and, and Sony just, just dropped the ball on this entirely. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the marketing at all. It is bananas. It, it's, yeah. It kind of suffers the same way that Ghostbusters Answer the Call suffered. A lot of the marketing for this movie is done after the fact, after it's already come out and like reviews are in, and then they kind of remarket it to fit what people are saying about it. Ugh. That's not a good way to do it's things. It's not. It's not. And it was it, it was almost universally disliked when it came out. Mm-hmm. Almost. You gave it an 87. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I laughed in the theater when i saw it i laughed when i rewatched it it was a pleasant experience it is a pleasant experience that's why i gave it in the 70s that's why i gave it an 87 i'm 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 happy i saw it and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna throw yeah. down right now that i'm taking the black beauty i'm, I'm oh i mean we all i'm, I'm, I'm taking mean, that it. was that was and i'm taking a mask and a fedora i mean well we're taking multiple things uh, now. you know it goes it's going wow. with the car not like they're using them for a sequel or anything no but maybe a reboot possibly maybe a reboot maybe uh let's get george clooney on the phone let's see. He, he's <laughs> he's not doing knows. anything all right my last um there's my last rant is just very simple and it was just i it, it started as a big question but it's so grievous to me how the fuck did the two of them survive the car blowing up <laughs> I mean, the, the, car, the car blows up with enough force to oh propel a cement a mixer, mixer, what, 20, 30 feet the in the air? air. Yes, crushing and they, a henchman. And they, and they just crawl out of the crater. Right. Do, 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 and they scurry away. I was like, that, that is, that's, that's the perfect example of like. Is it a spoof? There's no consequences. Right. Is Wait, it a spoof, yes, like, a send up or a, yes. a buddy comedy? Like, what is it? Yeah. So it started. It started as a as a BQ, but I was like, you know what? This just makes me angry. So instead of a BQ, it's, it, a, it's rant. a rant. That's fair. Yep. Fair. Because again, I love that scene. I thought that was a great way again to dispose of a body and practical effects. I got to give it to him. It looked yeah. great. Yeah, it did. But it made it no sense whatsoever. No. Um, I am fresh out of rants. Yeah, let's move on to some BQs. BQs. Some GHBQs. Green okay, Hornet. yeah, 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 gotcha. Took me a second. Green Hornet. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, I am still under Vertigo. the effects of Vertigo. <laughs> Took me a second. Yes. Um, 
Do you want? Do you want to? I have two BQs. Oh, I got way more than you. Okay, why don't you go first? Okay. How is this legit? <laughs> How is waking up in a fucking diaper not the first thing you notice? <laughs> they go through a whole conversation before it's like, wait a minute, am I wearing a diaper? Right. That is the first thing the you first notice. Thing you notice waking up. Right. Um, I was up for three days. You were out for three weeks. Uh, which means he's been changing that diaper a lot. A too. lot. A lot. Um, I'll, I'll just piggyback which, off of that. Like, it, it was like outrageous that Kato could have built a second Black Beauty in three days. It was still outrageous that he could have built a second ba- Black Beauty in three weeks. But it's it's more to your point where the most productive that movie was was when, when Britt was, was out, out of for commission. three weeks. Kato <laughs> was doing absolutely fine. Yeah, he's fine without Britt. All right, here's a here's just because I have sure. I have more than you. Um, what happened to the elephants? Did anybody find them? <laughs> oh no, I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, it it pains me to say it, but they probably like wound up dumped at sea, and their their tusks like sold on the black market. Oh, that is so sad. It's so dark, right? But that is very dark. But let's be honest. Right. That's this world. That's that's half of this world. Right. Half of this world is that dark. Right. Yeah. They just kind of pass over the fact that those elephants <laughs> are still at large. And then another thing that's just like, well, Kato can't swim and the elephants are at large. Right. And uh, that's fine. We got things to those do. Those elephants chucks. disappeared. Yeah. And okay. um, never to be seen never again. Never to be seen again. All right. And That's I fine. do not, I want to be clear, I do not condone the mistreatment of animals. That, oh, that no. We should protect all of the elephants. I don't condone a lot of the activities I saw depicted in <laughs> right. this movie. You know, murder with double barreled uh, 35 angled guns, you know, the even mechanics, if they're ridiculous. The, that it shouldn't have been able to load bullets into the chambers at oh, yeah, that no, 35 degree angle. Just the mechanics of it. He acknowledged that it was ridiculous. Yes. To me, that passed the whole gun. As soon as he acknowledged that it was right. ridiculous, I'm like, this gun is not a rant. He acknowledges it. It's, that's totally fine. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, my first BQ. Is the Black Beauty employing Hogwarts Time, Load, Time Lord or Goko technology? Um, the, the, there seems to be like a discrepancy as to where the engine should be in that car. Mm-hmm. Um, the way gadgets morph yeah. and shift out of there. How does it drive? And is it front wheel or rear rear wheel drive? I'm going oh, with rear one hundred percent rear wheel, right? No, it's a hundred. I can I can prove it to you. After it gets split in half, well, they just drive the front half. I of understand it. that that the once it was cut in half, it was front wheel drive, uh-huh. but the car it's. Based on the way it was driving in scenes, it was a rear-wheel drived car. Maybe it just picks what's best for the situation. So uh, that was a that was almost a rant for me that the car sure. was clearly rear-wheel drive until it was cut in half, and then it was front-wheel drive. Then it was front-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think it's, it's using? It's Hogwarts little... magic, Time Lord science, or Goko technology? Uh, Goko technology, because I want a piece of that sweet, sweet green horn yeah. money right now. 
baby. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Show um, me that money. Okay, here's here's a legit question, and I, 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 I I'm serious about this. Does Kato actually have superpowers? Yes, because he is he is legit moving faster than yes than anything. So he so moves in this faster world, than bullets, and people can think. Yeah, and and I mean he's knocking people in the air, and as they are flying. He's he's moving on like to us in real time to the next person right. who is frozen. I mean, he has like flash yes. level speed, yes. it seems. Um, so I guess he I mean, and the fact that this crossed over with Batman in the 60s means we could see Green Hornet in the Flashpoint crossover. Yes, it is entirely possible. He could guys. Be... You heard it here first. Yes. Green Hornet and the Kato. I mean, the Green Hornet and Kato. <laughs> Green, I Coming love that. Green Hornet and the and Kato. The Kato. Kato's uh, super. That's well. That's the his name is Kato, but his superhero identity is the Kato. Because no one would, everyone would be like, well, obviously that's dumb. That could right. never be him. Totally, it's working right. Um, it's so kind of like first? how in the Tick, Arthur's superhero name is Arthur. Yeah. So here you go, guys. It's coming to Flashpoint. Green Hornet and the Kato. Starring George Clooney. Um, he will only be in the movie, though, uh, cashing a check. He won't be in a suit or anything. He's playing, the, just be in the, He's playing the dad. He's playing the in dad. The He's going to cash a check. He's going to make some Nespresso and uh, to get that plug in. And uh, I love that it. he is the spokesperson of Nespresso. I love, yeah. It's I like, it's so out of character for him, but he does it so, it's it's probably next to, this is such a tangent, next to um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's probably the thing that I love him in the most. Yeah, we're giving, we're giving George Clooney, so we're, it's good-natured ribbing, Mr. Right. Clooney. That's what we're doing here. Did you, guys, did you think that this was going to be the episode where we came out <laughs> hard on George Clooney? Um, but, I the, I watch those commercials with him with Nespresso and they're like billing him as this this um you know even higher than A-list celebrity right. actor which he is but hasn't been like in forever like right like Ocean's 13 didn't do so great Oh was he even in 13? Yeah, yeah. I guess he was, wasn't he? He I, wasn't I in I... 8. He's dead in 8. Eight. Ocean's eight, eight is the the reboot with um uh, uh um oh god I'm blanking on it Sandra Bullock and um was it the was it the all female team yes and that uh, came out the most recently the she's in uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull I can't think of her name she was the villain okay her um. I don't know. I don't know actors that well. I, I'm getting better with with Edward James almost, but uh, that that used it up this episode for me. Well, um, sketch just doesn't pay attention to to women. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and you know what I didn't realize? Which, oh, okay, huge misogynist. Is, little known fact this, about sketch: he's a huge misogynist. Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett, and uh, oh, Sandra, Sandra, uh, Sandra Bullock. Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um, Here's the, and this is totally on me, but a little bit on the marketing. I get now it was called Ocean's 8 because there were eight of them working together. Correct. Okay, see, I thought it was a prequel. It's, uh, was, no, it's a... 
So it comes after. So the numbers. It is a direct sequel to Ocean's Thirteen. Okay. Even, in which, okay. in which, I thought that's how they were naming they, a prequel, in which where they're they like, "Hey, kill let's do George Clooney's Danny Ocean." They kill him off screen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I think I only ever saw. I enjoyed it. I will say, eleven I enjoyed it. and twelve. I don't think I even saw thirteen. I did not see thirteen, or if I did, I forgot it. I was a little lost in eleven because I hadn't seen the first ten. You know, um, but I think I got it. I liked I liked eleven. I don't even remember twelve, which is probably why I didn't see thirteen. Twelve, and then eight. I thought. Oh, you was know, like I did see. I did see thirteen. Uh, Al, Al Pacino's in thirteen. And uh, and they bring they bring uh, what's his face on the team who they like are besting in the first two movies into their their gang to rip off Al Pacino. Wow. But it's not good. Ocean's eight was actually really good. I recommend it. Okay, not to you because you hate women. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, But to anybody else. So now now I get it. You have to admit it's a little confusing that it's a lower number, but it is. Yes. Uh, Yeah. But I get that it's the number of people on the team. Yes. So every time there's there was a sequel to an ocean, they, they were added adding they one ever, person. Yes, to they the added team. one person to the crew. Okay, but then it's a brand new crew in eight, and it's eight brand new people. Yes. Okay. I mean, you get. I mean, it's like Ocean's Twelve Tokyo Drift or something, where it's like, where does this fall in the? It is an Inception level event. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. I mean, I won't see it because women, but um, but uh, you know, I'll take your word for it. Okay. Take your word. For it. Weren't they stealing from the Met? In Ocean's 8? Yeah. Possibly. I thought they were stealing from the Met. That also bothered me. I mean, the women thing, obviously. Obviously. But the art, come on. But then leave women stealing from the Met. You were like, oh, I'm out. Well, to be fair, anyone stealing from the Met is like, come on, that art's for everybody, folks. All my Egyptology work that I've done. That's fair. I've donated a wing, basically, at this point. (laughs) Uh, um, were we were, are we BQs, right? BQs. We, we went on a George Clooney. I, I only, we went down we a Clooney lost. hole on that one. We got it. We went down a Clooney hole on Batnips. Um, I only have one last big question. Sure. Do you have any more? I do. I have one. Okay, go ahead. Um, did the creative team love the Green Hornet, or was it just a big joke to them? Hmm. I see. I don't know if I can answer that because I'm not versed in Green Hornet. Well, you know, like when you look at when you look at. Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight, you look at mm-hmm. Iron Man, First Avenger, yeah. Captain America, when you look at things like even The Shadow or The Phantom, the people mm-hmm. who made those movies, mm-hmm. there's there's some love there and some general knowledge of, of things that came before. And so... Yeah, yeah. And some respect. Some, some respect of the source material. Uh, so, yeah. Question stands. Was this just one big joke to the creative team? I think... I, I I truly don't believe it started as such, but I think, think it, it might have ended up that way. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it. I don't think it started as a joke, but I think that's where it ended. Yeah, um, I think the movie plays that way too. Like the tone of the movie shifts dramatically. Yes, as it goes yeah. on. Oh yeah, that's what I that, like. That's what I was saying with the with Chud House Chud Bloodnovsky. Yeah, the gun guy, the double barreled blood. Did, did he had two of those guns? Didn't he? Did he? yes, he had two. Double gun. Mm. He should have done something with quad, quad, quadowski. So quad he was doing four things. Did like that he was all about seeing blood. That was like a shtick at the end. Right. That was his villain thing, and Cato stabbed him in both eyes right. at the same time. Yeah. 
That was nice. Yeah. And there you go. There's, you know what, guys? Those are the best comeuppance of the movie. <laughs> right there. There's my there's my comeuppance award right there. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I uh my last big question has to do with um the infrastructure of the Daily Sentinel because I am <laughs> wildly impressed. For starters, the how giant is that shootout, building still standing? Well, I'll I'll do one one more on you. That giant shootout on the main floor, everything's going to shit. And uh, <laughs> that server is still up and running. Like the yep. internet is still in. I lose the internet if like a tree blows down like three towns over. If somebody and, sneezes on the next tree over from me, I lose power. Yeah. And uh, Daily Sentinel, all manner of hell breaking loose. In 2011. I mean, the, the internet was not as reliable as it was in 2011. And it was, it, if, if he had actually put something on that USB stick, that sushi USB stick, I have complete faith that the internet and the computer system was going to get it where it needed to go. I feel like there was a larger like plot point there as to why it was a sushi flash flash drive thumbstick. Yeah. Thumb drive. I, 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 it did, it it did never cross to me like this. Something else was in place here. Like someone was going to eat it maybe. Yeah. But I feel like at the end, like it was one of those moments where Seth Rogen was like, yeah, fucking funny. What if I didn't put anything on it? Right. And everyone was like, go with it. That's awesome. And I was like, no, oh, lazy, bummer. lazy. Um, and also, uh, who or what made the elevator? Because that thing was able to slice through black beauty like it Which was, was the neck like... of a French aristocrat. <laughs> and remember that that, that might be my saved. favorite like sketchism of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Wow. That, that thing The elevator could the... slice through the black beauty like the neck of a French aristocrat. My yeah, too, goodness. Too soon? Is that too is it too soon? Oh my dog sketch. Oh my dog. Um because remember, Black Beauty was able to shield Brit and and uh Kato. It's the Kato. The I'm Kato, sorry. Yes. The Kato from the, the enormous yes, blast. Of the Black Beauty. And the elevator that to this point Cuts has just it. been moving people. It's not like a freight elevator right. or anything. And it's right, right, shrouded right. in glass. Just sweet. It's a great right, visual, right but it makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was a cool visual. And I like that it landed on a on a villain. You, you still got see that's that's what's so great about it. Come you still have those moments of like, like grotesque. The, the car just unceremoniously landed on that guy and just you know, flattened him. <laughs> And it was like, that's the level of reality I wanted right well, there. That's the perfect. more we talk about this and then you're like, and then like the elevator slices through it is this world is like a Rick and Morty level of like mm. physics and consequences mm-hmm. of, of how things work and what happens as a result. There is no rhyme, reason or practicality to yeah. anything in this world. It is just chaotic. It is mm-hmm. just chaotic as to yeah. like anything can happen or or like Rick and Morty and or like the Final Destination series that like no matter what, so, like something's going to kill you. I think I think you kind of nailed it when you said this should have been like Earth 2, because then I then I like, oh, OK, in this in this Earth. Right. You know, that's the rules. Is the, they're completely counter to everything I know and hold dear. OK. Yeah, I get it. 
But this is just L.A. I did like that the elevator was like a send up to the Jetsons. Oh, the elevator was that might have been where the hundred like million dollars went. Might have been the elevator. Been. Yeah, I think we maybe found it. it really cut the car in half. Maybe it really did. <laughs> maybe it was unintended. And they were like, oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. Good thing we made four of these things. <laughs> also, strongest printing press in the world ever. That car just lands on, on it. it and yep. it, just, just keeps... it, it, it just keeps going. It keeps yep. working. That's what I'm saying. This building harkens back to a golden age of construction. <laughs> like nothing. Not, they did not cut any that corners. Was a, that, was that, a team, that was a Teamsters build. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's it. That's my last question. That's, That's my, my last big question. Yeah, I'm out of I'm out of big questions. Listen, it was fun. It it certainly was fun. I at the end of the day, I'm glad I saw it. Um, it was like it was it was a ride. It was it, it was, was an and I love that it was just a one and done, no yeah. interconnected universe. Yep. No sequels. Yep. It was just uh, a a slow speed chase down a four lane road with pedestrians i remember being a kid um i don't know where like, that was going blame it on the and like being excited that a movie was getting a sequel yeah like, oh my god this movie did so oh, Home yeah. Alone too awesome and now it's it's so expected it's like, uh, that like every trailer i watch that's a remake or a sequel or a prequel or everything i'm just mad like all the time and i guess i'm just old but i'm like I get excited why, why, when his movie why? doesn't get a sequel now. Yeah. Like, oh, like not when, when I know this. that this is going to be something self-contained, it's, right. it's, it's exciting at that point because things have to be cleaner. Things have to be crisper and they have to, you know, this they have is, to work the first time around. This is interesting because my recommendation is going to fly in the face of, of what I just said. Okay. Well, I guess maybe that brings us to... I guess you should go first. Okay. You, you, you just said. So in the, not connected at all, but in the vein of reboots, retellings, continuation, nostalgia, um, or um, upcycling, as mm-hmm. you will, um, sure. I am going to recommend Cobra Kai. Um, oh, I saw that just came to Netflix. It did. So um, it was originally produced over at YouTube. Uh, but YouTube has decided to get out of the scripted television marketplace. And so uh, Netflix scooped it up. And uh, the third season is forthcoming. Right now, the first two seasons are on Netflix. And I just finished the first two seasons. And Sketch, this is the Star Wars trilogy that we needed, mm-hmm. but did not deserve. The care and attention to detail and storytelling that has gone into this series and production. Yeah. I'll I'll just throw a little spoiler here. It's a big one, but shouldn't come as a surprise. They meticulously rebuilt Mr. Miyagi's backyard from the first three movies. That is like the, the central training ground. Uh, like his house, his yard, where his uh, vintage automobiles are that Daniel waxes on and waxes off. They mm-hmm. have rebuilt that to the, the 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 detail and attention that went into it. 
is shocking. Um, it's just so well done. It parallels so so well in terms of you know the tagline of um, Rise of Skywalker is darkness rises and light to meet it, or light rises and darkness to meet. It. I can't remember which. Trying to like make this connection about balance, but here is a franchise and a series that's all about balance, and it just does it so well and so beautifully. I can't right. say enough good things about it. Season one was a hundred percent fresh from Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Um, that is rare in the 21st century for Rotten Tomatoes to like anything a hundred percent. Uh season Rotten Tomatoes. Uh yeah, I mean not not this time. Not, 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 not this one. Season two, I think, is it just builds upon everything that happened in season one. And it's it, it's kind of goofy at times. It's kind of campy at times, but that's kind of like karate is not really as monumental to culture as it was in 1984 or 82, whenever the, the first movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, do they, do they make it, you know, they in a campy kind of tongue in cheek way, but at the same time, care and attention and love and just excellence um to to something I, I can't say enough good things about cobra kai and um both from both william zabka and uh ralph macchio bring it and they are fantastic and they have great on-screen chemistry they have great on-screen chemistry in karate kid and they have great on-screen chemistry 38 years later in cobra kai all right. that, and that's bonkers to say 38 years later. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts a little bit. But they're great. And, and it looks great. And the karate is great. And, and they're both fantastic. And I will also uh, just before you watch Cobra Kai, you should watch the 2007 music video for uh, the song Sweep the Leg from the band No More Kings. Oh, I know that song. I've never seen the music video, though. Interesting. OK, most people know the video and don't know the song. Oh, that's interesting. No, it, it plays a lot on uh, on one of my Pandora stations. That's so one interesting. My, uh, yeah, yeah. So the 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 thing that it keeps coming back to is sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah, which is what John Kreese says to him at, at the climax of first movie. Right. And the the music video is all about how like William Zabka is like just reliving his role from Karate Kid as like a thirty. year And it's interesting because like in the video he has a red Firebird. And then in the series, they give him a red fire. So it's like, wow, the creators are really a fan of of all everything Karate Kid. So all right. 2007 music video, Sweep the Leg from No More Kings, and then also Cobra Kai seasons one and two. What an interesting recommendation. <laughs> yeah, with with like back homework there. Um, very good. Well, guys, I have a uh a uh, music video for you guys to watch from 2011. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Please, please let me explain my recommend. I've wanted to recommend this basically our whole break. Um, but you have to let me explain it. Okay. Because it's gonna sound bad. But you have to give it a chance. Okay. I am going to recommend an anime on Netflix that I absolutely ate up. I loved it. I guess the only season one is on Netflix right now, but um, I wonder if I've watched it. You, I don't think you would have. If you watched the first episode, you would have turned it away in disgust. <laughs> 
and, and my recommendation is also going to come with a little bit of homework for you all. So the uh, the anime that uh, that I just watched the 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 full first season of on Netflix is called Food Wars. Okay. I, yes, I watched the first episode and I was like, "Fuck this." Yes, yes, and that's exactly what happened to me as well. Okay, so so here's how it was recommended to me. It was recommended to me uh, by a, a longtime listener, and uh, but more more as a joke, like, "Oh, look what I had my girlfriend watch. She she thinks this is going to be serious, and it's not." Ha 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 ha. And so I watched it, and I watched like the first twenty minutes of it, and um, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I, I get what type of anime this is." Um, no thanks. I'm I'm not going to continue from that. But then I was with a group of friends, and um, we we watched it again to kind of ha 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 laugh at it. But then I watched the last five minutes of the episode, and it that's when it set up the plot of the remaining series. And I was like, oh, this actually has potential. And then I watched more of it, and I got hooked. So let me set it up for you guys. Okay. Food wars. Okay. Food Wars, I, I looked it up and I'm going to mispronounce the name, but it focuses around uh, a teenager in, in Japan, Soma Yukihira. And he is just an absolutely fantastic cook. He works at his dad's restaurant. He makes amazing food. Um, but, you know, that's all, he, that's all he is. He's just He's just a kid who's trying to beat his dad. His dad is an even better cook than him. And they're just they're just always trying to outcook each other, right? And um, let me tell you what happens in the first episode. In the first episode, his dad leaves for like some sort of business trip or whatever. And this lady comes in to like buy out the restaurant because they're going to turn the block into some sort of shopping mall or something like that. And uh, they, they, he makes a challenge that if, if he can provide her the food uh, and she acknowledges that it's good, they can keep the restaurant. Right. And like so far, I'm like, OK, yes, I'm getting this. The, it, what happens in it? And again, stay with me, longtime listeners, because this part is not good. It's, it's riveting so far. They they um they depict when food is very good and delicious as orgasmic. Okay, so these anime characters are going through orgasmic throws when they are eating this food, and it's super super good. That's when I was like, okay, I get what the show is doing. That's the shtick. I'm all set. Thank you very much. But it makes sense now that I've I've looked into it. This anime is the first anime from a director who up until this point has done nothing but hentai. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's coming into this show a little bit. I get it. But then what I found out is after that episode, his dad enrolls him in a cooking school. And it's his journey rising through the ranks of the cooking school in a very like typical anime way, like almost like a kill a kill or something right. where like, you're just trying to keep beat, beating the person that's a little bit better than you. And you're just rising through and the, 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 the care and the attention that they put into like depicting food and recipes and flavors is, is so impressive to me like how detailed they get into this stuff and and how much care goes into depicting cooking in an animated medium like this that it blew me away absolutely blew me away plus i also i love like the real life cooking competition shows i just i just love those shows i'll just put them on in the background anytime any day so the fact that this is kind of copying that 
but setting it to an anime of like always rising to the next level and always going a little above and beyond because this is anime. The thing you have to keep in the back of your mind is basically once per episode, someone is going to eat something to which they have an orgasmic re- reaction to. <laughs> Sometimes it will be very funny because of who it is. It, it's not always women. Sometimes it's men. It's pretty much an equal split at this point. Um, but you have to just like appreciate the other 21 minutes of the episode. And just, <laughs> ignore, just ignore that that happens for like 30 seconds. So my homework for you, if this if this show sounds at all interesting to you, uh, you know, rising through a, a the premier cooking school of the nation and learning all of these different cooking techniques. And there's stuff I've actually incorporated into my own cooking wow. because I'm like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. That's, I'm going to do that's that. That's an impressive statement. And I, I won't often say this. This might be the only series that I'll ever say this to. Just skip the first episode. The first episode is a gimmick. It's just a thing to like lure in perverts. But if you can get past that episode, there's actually a really good show there. And then they throw and then that that gimmick keeps showing up basically in every episode. It happens once for like 30 seconds and then you keep moving on. The first episode, it's very heavy handed because obviously they're looking for a specific audience. And uh, right the first episode has like nothing to do with the rest of the show. So I highly recommend food wars starting with episode two (laughs) and then going through, I mean, this kid is, he's also like such a good role model because he is just so kind and giving to everyone he meets. He is, he's like the best cook that anyone has ever met. And he's just so effing humble about it. Wow. Like, And he just appreciates everyone else's cooking and what they're doing. He's constantly learning from other people, even though they're all like anyone who's tasted his food is like. This kid is leagues ahead of me, but he's constantly learning. It's a good message about like failure. And when you fail, like. It's not a defeat. It's just an opportunity to learn and move forward Mm. and then do something better the next time. Like I am honest here. There is some good shit in this show it sounds it you just you just have to get past those 30 i mean i am always skeptical of any recommendation that's given to me that's like you just got to get through like the first season you just got to get through like the first six episodes but skip the first episode skip just skip the first episode outright i'll give it a shot you you honestly i don't think you have to watch the first episode i i watched probably the first three minutes of the first episode and then was like, no, yeah, this is not for get me. It. Yeah, yeah, you get, you're like, oh, okay, this is what the show yep. is going to be. Okay. Not for me. And then, um, and then it's just not. I am an, and, and I've, I've had this happen to me on animes before where like the first episode pulls me in. Right. And, and then like, the turn oh, okay, and you're this like, is uh, what the show is going to be. And then like starting with two and on, you're like, oh, it's not uh, as cool right. as episode one made it to be. This show kind of does the opposite where it's like, oh, this show is not as like grotesquely perverted as it said it was going to be in the first episode. Right. It's actually just really good. And then they toss this in, I guess, to, I don't know, keep those people happy. Do you remember um, an anime that we saw at Comic-Con one year, maybe like 2007? Okay. Jinky Extend. Jinky Extend. The mech show. Oh, I, like I, I gotta be honest. I'm like blanking a, it's like on it. It's like a tandem mech show. Okay. It's like, and I, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm not not recalling it all. Anyway, Jinky Extend. I enjoyed that show. Is that another recommendation? Uh, sure. I don't know where you watched it at this point. It was on Netflix for a little while. I don't Who know if it's still there. Still have it. That was just me. Um, that was just me musing. I'm a little, I'm a little so rusty. Yeah, so, I'm a little rusty, guys. And vertigo. And vertigo. So, the, so there's the thing, guys. And it's, 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 it's a dangerous recommendation yeah. to make. Okay, but I honestly, if you like anime or even just animation, and you really like food, it truly is worth watching it skipping the first episode i'm gonna just flat out say skip the first episode and then just know that every every episode you're gonna have one scene where a character eats something and i get it it's really hard to depict flavor in in visuals yeah i think ratatouille did it the best out of anything but uh that you know that's the way they're going that's how they're depicting uh tasting something and uh, you get past that and you got a really good gem on your hands food wars food wars on Netflix. And it's uh it's uh dubbed and I'm totally fine with the dub. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm totally on board with the dub. I actually haven't watched the rest of it cuz it's on Crunchyroll and it's subtitled and I'm like eh. no, I actually like watching all of this food oh, getting that's... Okay. Cuz it's actually it's it's really funny cuz you'd think it's not that action packed. But they do a good job of like turning these food battles into there's a similar it looks like it was done by the same studio to me i can't remember the name of it but there's a similar uh anime on netflix uh that is all about gambling okay not familiar with it and they it's something similar like they i never understood people who watched like celebrity poker or Mm -hmm. or like watched poker tournaments on television it is you know people make fun of, of bowling being on espn but poker high stakes yeah, poker on like that is the definition of boring yeah but uh, the anime it is, makes it is like watching decent. paint dry but yes the anime makes poker like and the and the mental work that goes into being a good poker player hmm. it, it you know elevates it to in, in a similar way yeah can't tell you the name of it but uh, but also like a similar kind of uh, what you're talking about when somebody eats something delicious yeah, yeah, yeah. when somebody yeah. like pulls off like a masterful a crazy, move. crazy yeah, yeah. yeah crazy you still bet, get that you, anime you get that anime over the, yeah, top. over the top yeah 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 I'm sure. saying if you can just if you can get past that it's good and, and if, you know and what if you, if you can't get past that that's totally fine sure too. if and, it doesn't have to be a show if you can't get past that jinky extend and I'm also I'm also gonna say this too like. I won't recommend Food Wars to people who who want that in their anime. Like, if you watch the gotcha. first episode of Food Wars, and you're like, yeah, that's what I like to see. You're going to be disappointed in Food Wars because you really don't get right. any of that. I'm sure you have better places to get that elsewhere. Sure. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend it if that's what you want out of it. But Food Wars. You take it with a grain of salt. Hey, Sketch. Give it a shot. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, no. Go uh, ahead. You know what I was just thinking about? What were you Megas XLR. Megas XLR. Oh, he had like the monster truck that turned into a giant mech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it was no, no, no. The monster truck didn't turn into. They had a giant mech from outer space, and the head got knocked off of it, and they replaced right, the head the with, with the, the monster truck. truck. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's a great show. Yeah, we'll have to look that one up. That that'd be a fun one. Too. It would be. That that'd be that that yeah that was that was a yeah. fun one. 
I don't right, know so what made go. me think of that. Food Wars and uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai. Yes. Both on Netflix. Both on Netflix. Both very similar. Totally. Very similar in that totally. they're both on Netflix and then they diverge from there. Kind of like different mediums, different genres, films. different storytelling devices. Yep. But other than that, exactly the same. Yep. Other than that. Shades, are you going to take. Oh, wait. You're Black Beauty oh, you and a fedora and a mask. Done. Okay. What, do you, what are you going right. to take, Sketch? Uh, well, I'm going to take. If you're taking multiple things, I will also take okay. uh, two different things. I'm going to take this uh, signed copy of the Daily Sentinel that says, <laughs> Never stop the party. <sighs> I'm going to frame that for the mantle. I, but I, I like also. It. This this might surprise you, but I'm 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 taking the coffee machine. I don't <laughs> like coffee, but it's one of those things. Pretty much like with all food, even if I don't like the food, if it's made with care, to respect it and expertise, yeah. I I I do respect it. And I think the GoCo Kitchen is lacking, so I'm bringing the that awesome the Kato coffee machine uh, with us on the GoCo, and I'll learn to like coffee. I will appreciate that. If any, if, like if anything could probably make me like coffee, it would probably be Kato's coffee machine. Yeah. That Green awesome. Hornet and the Kato. Green Hornet and the Kato starring George Clooney, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> he still got paid for it. He still got paid for it. So. Uh, Sketch, I'm so happy to be back. I, I really missed this in the time that we were off. Thank you for potting with me. The world needs a little levity. It does. Right now. It does. And sorry to all you French aristocrats out there. For the uh, pop shot I took at you, hey, but, they're uh, uh, gonna... they're well accustomed to it from you at this yep. point. Sketch, yep, that's true. Uh, the French, it's okay. None of them heard it anyway. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I guess with that, we'll see you, we'll next, see you time. next time. If you'd like to take a more active role in supporting geeking out, visit us at Patreon.com/slash/shadesandsketch. Our website is shows.acast.com slash geeking out. You can email the show at go with shades and sketch at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook or Twitter. Geeking Out is a production of Tree Cave Creative LLC. All rights reserved 2020.